Welcome to the Just Start Tech podcast brought to you by Central Valley Christian School. This is your source for growing in your pedagogy by hearing stories from others on this journey just like you. Because learning never stops, it just starts. So here we go. Everybody and welcome back to the Just Start Tech Podcast. I am your host, Nathan DeGroat, a technology coach at Central Valley Christian School in Visalia, California. This is episode 10. We did it. We hit the double digit episode marker. I have had so much fun along this journey, and I hope that you have enjoyed the learning that takes place as well. In the last four episodes, we talked about the four C's of 21st century learning. We had some great episodes talking about critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity. But how do we move beyond what we are already doing? How do we take that step forward? I think Stacey Sorens gives us some great advice in the interview portion, and that's what I want to talk about in today's episode. So let's get started. Just had an incredible in-service morning with a variety of teachers presenting different topics. Boy, was it great to read some of the feedback that you all gave. Many of you enjoyed learning in this type of setting. And being with your peers in a relaxed and informal setting really allowed you to open up. However, we realized that we missed a key piece, time to implement. While we wanted to get the information out there, many of you replied that you wish you had time to practice, to spend time with your colleagues making and designing things. And that right there is the point. You were interested in a topic and you wanted to do something with it rather than just get a bunch of information. But how often do we apply this perspective with our students? Are we working in time to actually critically think, to allow them to create, communicate, and collaborate? Or are we just spewing out information and then assigning it as homework, hoping that some deeply philosophical idea will serve us to the top and we will be responsible for bringing about the next Plato or Socrates? So here we are, stuck at the crossroads. One road says, I want to try something new and engaging. The road sign looks promising, but the path looks rocky and untrailed. The other path looks warm and inviting, but you already know what is down that road, staleness. So what do you choose? For me, the choice is simple. Go down the new road, but... Take one step at a time. Survey what is in front of you so that you know where to go. So what's your choice? Are you going to keep doing things the same way because you always get through the content? The kids who get it, get it. And the kids who don't, well, they might get it later or they might not end up needing to know it anyway. No, you are going to take a risk. You are going to take one small step. You're going to implement something small, but something new, and you're going to reflect. Why? Because you know that you are truly teaching when you are learning. Just start with one thing. And as fellow podcaster and EduGift creator Jake Miller often mentions in his episodes, this will lead to the adjacent possible. What is the adjacent possible? Well, basically it means you cannot get from point A to Z without going through B, C, D, and so on. In fact, 
you won't even know about point Z because it's not adjacent to where you are at right now. Instead, think of how you can modify one thing you are doing right now and take that risk. Then, once you find that, reflect on that success or even unsuccess. You might then be able to see another step that you could take and then another and another. And none of these spaces to move would be available to you if you didn't just start moving. So go out there and take a risk. You never know what might happen. you to listen in on this conversation with Stacy Sorens. Stacy shares how she uses Google Earth to make geography and stories from around the world actually come to life for her students. So I'm here with Stacy Sorens, a middle school geography teacher and elementary PE teacher. Stacy, go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about yourself. All right. So this is my 11th year of teaching. I taught for about five years in third grade, five years in second grade. And this last year I made the switch over to middle school and then, but keeping the K through five PE. Um, let's see, I am married. I have three kids here, one in the middle school and two in the elementary. I love to be outside. So that's why I'm really excited about the PE aspect of it. Oh, yeah. And even geography is cool because you can kind of put yourself outside and explore different parts of the world as well. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, geography, being able to kind of like explore yeah. these different places and drop yourself in there. And yeah, that's fun. So thinking about your schooling. So when okay. you were a child in school, what's one of the first technological advancements that you kind of remember in the classroom? So the first thing that comes to my mind actually isn't in the classroom. It was when my sister was going off to college. I remember she got this giant piece of equipment, right? Yeah. And we were so excited. It was like a like a word processor, and all it could do was type. And I just remember <laughs> thinking that was the coolest thing yeah. ever. But it was like in this giant case, and she had to take it with her <laughs> to college. And we just thought it was the coolest thing. In the classroom, I actually don't remember. I remember learning how to keyboard and how to, you know, learn how to type. Yeah. Um, I do remember when I went to Dort, then we, I had a desktop computer and the big thing at that moment was MS, MSN or something messenger. Oh yeah. And we got to, and like <laughs> my roommates and I would just sit on the computer and message people from home <laughs> for hours. Cause we thought that was the coolest thing. Right. Yes. I remember that too. That and <laughs> AOL instant messenger. Yes, those were, yes, that's, I think what it was probably yeah. part of it, but and you got to see like, Oh, my friends online, yes, I, can, yes. I can talk and you to sit them there and wait. Right. Are you going to respond? And, and yeah. so-and-so is typing. And, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, Oh man, you take forever to type. <laughs> right. I know. And now you have it at the, fingertips, right? And everyone does it on their phones, yeah. right? So it's it's not like we've really changed that no, much. No, but it's just more mobile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't have to sit on your, yeah, right in front of your computer right? the whole time. All right. So thinking about like your geography class, can you tell us a little bit about a project that you're working on, uh, some of the technology that you're using, what students are doing in that class, and anything else that you'd like to share? Yeah. So right now we are learning about immigrants and how they have affected um, the United States and mm -hmm. what pushes them out of countries, what pulls them. And for part of that, we are learning about um, the 
they were labeled the lost boys of Sudan, right? So okay. there was a war in Sudan. So the kids had to, these boys, like thousands, like 25,000 of them ended up leaving. Yeah. Um, and it talks about their travel. So one of the really cool things that I get to have my kids do is with technology is that we get into Google Earth and mm -hmm. the kids can actually explore Sudan. We take them, I can take them on the actual journey that these boys went on yeah. and kind of what it took for them to get out of their own country where this war was to get to safety where they got to a refugee mm. camp. So because of Google earth, they can drop themselves into that country yeah. and then see the terrain and actually get a better feel. And I think picture of what these kids had to go through. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to say Sudan and right. show it to them on a flat map and yeah. be like, Oh, here they are. Exactly. What do you know about the middle East? Right. Well, I've never been there. Exactly. So I don't know much. And like a still picture, you know, you can see it and you can analyze it, but to actually get to maneuver and they move around. Yeah. I mean, and the cool thing too, is like, there's actual people on some of these images, right. And they're all yeah. of a sudden there's animals that they can see, you know, and I'm like, okay, now we'll talk about animals that are in Sudan. Right. Yeah. And it's just neat. Like, a lot of aha moments, I think, like the yeah. kids just get really excited when all of a sudden they realize something or, you know, even just seeing that the architecture of the buildings yeah. is a lot different than here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think just being able to kind of look at like, all right, compare and contrast. Here's some yeah. similarities to things that we have in the United States, or maybe I live in a rural country yes. and I could see some of these similarities, but Maybe I've never experienced right? anything like this. And here I am looking around and and seeing what this whole other life is yeah. like that I'll probably never experience. Absolutely. And I think it's like putting them in, you know, it's like the modern day field trip, right? Yeah. We don't have to pay to go anywhere. We don't have to get out of our classroom, yeah. but they all still feel like they're there Yeah. for a moment, right? Yeah. We're also um, doing a travel journal. So the kids have to pretend like they're taking a trip somewhere. Okay. Um, right now we're learning all about the East, the just European countries. So mm -hmm. I invite them to explore a country and they have to, um, they use Google earth again mm -hmm. and they, um, pick a location, whether it's based off a historical landmark or just a city they've heard about, or just yeah. a country in general. And they experience it. They walk the streets. They, yeah. you know, go to different parts of it. They can go in some buildings in yeah. some countries, right? And then they can experience it. And then they have to write, go back into, a lot of them are choosing Google slides because they could be creative in it. Mm -hmm. And they're um, writing their fake travel journal of where they have been and what they've experienced. Okay. Yeah. That's cool too, because I mean, for some that might be out of reach, right. uh, especially as like a teenager, <laughs> maybe the, yeah, that's like, Oh, I'd love to visit Paris or right. something like that. But instead of just like researching about right. those things, they can, they can kind of experience it. Yeah. Like I've looked and you can be on like the Eiffel tower, right? Like you can be looking at the city from there. Yep. It's really neat. I think a lot of kids find that, you know, it's easy just to pick some bizarre place, but some of them get really into <laughs> it and try and find some place where there's, you know, you know, his history yeah. in the city. Yeah. And then they can learn it. And there's always little things that they can, you know, and then they find some things and they're like, well, is that an important landmark? Yeah. I don't know. Look it up. Let's yeah. research. Let's find out. So I think it creates a little more excitement, yeah. right? Like to see it like you can with Google Earth. Yeah. And like what you just said, they kind of take ownership of it yeah. too. Because it's like, oh, I see this. I'm interested. I want to learn more. Yes. It's not necessarily 
you have to learn about these things and we're all going to learn right. about it. But they kind of, right. yeah, if they see something interesting and want to know, they can kind of venture on. Yeah. And I think like right now it's, you know, they, they kind of are just getting a feel of it. So mm -hmm. I think it'll develop more like they'll feel, you know, they, they're realizing, you know, all the different views that they can get, you know, yeah. they're looking at the 2d view and the 3d view and putting themselves on the streets and stuff. And I think it's cool because they can see landforms. They can see, mm -hmm. you know, just from different views on Google earth. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I see such value and I see more excitement, I think, from the kids than if we were just to give them an encyclopedia and say, here, re, you know, <laughs> look yeah. up Paris, yeah. right? <laughs> the place is real to them, yeah. even though they're not there. Yeah. So thinking about like this project or kind mm -hmm. of coming into this class in general mm -hmm. and having like a new slate of curriculum, a new age group of students right. in front of you, what words of advice or wisdom would you give to your colleagues? So if people are looking like, I want to try something new, um, I just don't know how or what to do, what would you say to them? I would say go for it. I say, you know, kids you know, can adapt and they can adjust to things. And mm -hmm. I think as teachers, we have to do that too. I think yeah. if you go into it going, oh, that's scary. I don't know if I can do that. It's a lot of work. I think you just have to jump in. Yeah. I think you give it a shot. You know, like even Google Earth, like for some kids, they couldn't figure out how to get a street view, right? Yeah. Get the street view. So then the others are helping, right? And yeah. I think like, I think I saw that and I'm like, huh, oh, you know, I don't have to know everything, yeah. right? When I'm starting something, I have to know the basics of it to get them started. Yeah. But they're teaching me at the same time. And I think they like a little bit of that empowerment mm -hmm. as well. Like, hey, I just taught my teacher something, yeah. you know? And I think it's cool to see, you know, them be feel empowered. So my advice would be just to, to go for it. Like, embrace it. I think they love technology. I think it gives them... I don't know, a different view of lessons, you know, like yeah. I think going into it, I was scared because they know so much. And yeah. as middle schoolers, you sometimes get worried about giving them too much, you know, room for technology. But yeah. I don't know. I just think it's great. I think it's a wonderful tool to use to enhance the learning in the classroom. Yeah, I think probably what you said rings true for the majority of teachers. Right. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm used to knowing where yes. everything's going to go right. and we're going to go down this path and I'm in control. <laughs> and that's the benefit of using technology is that we can kind of put students in the driver's seat right. a little bit. We, we can guide them in certain ways, but they might want to yep. go down some paths and sometimes we can let them explore that learning a little bit. Sometimes yeah, we have to be on top of them yeah. and, and redirect, but we're really giving them kind of ownership. Yeah. And when you think about the world that they're going to go into, they're going to have to teach themselves, have to be able to find information yeah. and navigate things and be able to learn from their peers. Absolutely. I think it shows, it allows them to get creative too. Yeah. Like I think of different, you know, tools that I use in the classroom and it really, you know, they're, well, can I, can I present this information to you in this way? Sure. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like some kids love to make videos, you know, mm -hmm. and so in our geography class, instead of presenting on a country, they made a video on their country. Right. Yeah. Like it just shows different creativity. And I think that's fun to allow the kids have that opportunity. Yeah. That hits some different learning styles yeah. too. Like I might be able to write really well, um, right. <laughs> but someone else might not be able exactly. to, and they might be really skilled at making videos or doing creative yep. things like that. And you get to 
kind of show that to other students and then maybe that kind of opens their mind a little bit to, oh, I could try something <laughs> right. new too. Right, right. Yeah, I love it. Anything else that you would like to share about this project or technology integration in general that we weren't able to discuss? I don't think so. I think for the most part, when I think of technology, I, I mean, it. there's a lot out there, Yeah. right? And I think to use it right, you got to kind of just pick something, yeah. right? And try to embrace that. And I think that's what I've tried to do with Google Earth is really try, okay, that's my you know, my tool right yeah. now for the next month is we're going to really utilize that the best we can. Yeah. And I think too often we just tap into a, a bunch of things just for a little while yeah. and we don't utilize them to the best that they can be. So I would say if anything, you know, pick something, focus on it for a while, you know, really do your best and allow the kids to really manipulate it and to use it and yeah. then move on to something else and add that to your toolbox. Right. Yeah. That's interesting, too, because I think when you're learning new content and a new tool, that's a lot of like right. overload <laughs> right. right there. So if we're constantly learning these new tools and the new content, then right. we're, we're not giving students the best opportunity to succeed. Absolutely. If we can kind of build foundational skills so that those are out of the way and really focus on the content, then I think, yes. yeah, they can make a great product. Yeah, it's a win-win then. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Stacy. Yeah. Thank you. Holy Toledo. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Stacy. I am so impressed with how Stacy has embraced learning. Being new to this position is definitely overwhelming. Not only is she working with a different age group of students as she transitioned from second graders to seventh graders, but the tools and technology available to them is different. And I want to make a connection here back to Jake Miller since I just listened to his most recent episode that makes a connection to what Stacy said. Jake explained how he went to a large large hardware store. And if you've ever been to one, it could be easy to get overwhelmed with so much space. But Jake knew exactly what he wanted, and so he was prepared with information. He found the aisle and found the bay and then found the product based on the dimensions. And that's what Stacy had in mind too. She knew I'm teaching geography and I want students to be able to explore these different places that we're talking about. So she knew exactly where to go, Google Earth. She began using that and using that and becoming more familiar with what that tool can do. So it could be easy for us to get overwhelmed with all these options available to us, but we can't start with the technology in mind. We need to start with the challenge. So Jake also shared this quote from Harvard Business School professor Theodore Levitt. People don't want to buy a quarter inch drill. They want a quarter inch hole. We don't use technology for the sake of using technology. We use it to accomplish a specific task. And that specific task, in this case the hole, should have some purpose to an even greater goal. Why do we need that hole? So I hope that when you think about technology integration, that you start with that problem, that challenge. What is it that I need to achieve? Then, armed with that information and goal in mind, what tool or strategy is going to help solve that problem? For jump starters today, I want to give you a strategy to try, something simple that you could do in any class and that won't take much time at all. Whether you lecture, read, watch a video, or anything, try this one strategy. 
have your students do a brain dump. I first learned about this through Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook. What is a brain dump? It is essentially dumping everything stored inside your brain about a particular topic. It is retrieving information and pulling it into memory, also known as retrieval practice. Oftentimes, students are taking information in throughout the course of a day. If they could spend time getting that information out, they could clear their brains for more intake and thus lead to higher learning. Well, how can I do this? Well, there's a variety of ways. You could have students spend two minutes writing everything they just learned about a topic, maybe after a 15-minute lesson. They could then spend 30 seconds discussing that with a partner. That in and of itself will allow them to take in more information in the class. So that's about three minutes of time right there. You could have them create a visual or a picture based on what they just learned. Again, one to two minutes and a quick share. You could have students record these verbally with a tool like Flipgrid. Record your thoughts and then listen to two other students. You could use a free response collecting tool like Socrative. Students can type in pieces of information, and after a minute or two, you can share with the class to vote on what the most important facts stated were or what ones they knew the least about. You could use Google Jamboard or a Google Slide Deck as well. Each student takes a slide and puts their information down, and then your class has a collection of everyone's thoughts to consider. The point of this is that it isn't necessarily a technology thing, but it's a pedagogy thing. You can certainly utilize a variety of tech tools to facilitate the process, but that's not necessary. The power of using digital tools is that it makes it so easy to share and come back to. Research shows that this act of getting information out of our brains can create stronger connections with the information, as well as allow more room for the brain to take in new information. I want to end with this quote from Heraclitus. One cannot step twice in the same river. When I consider this quote as it pertains to teaching, I think it means that we need to constantly be reflecting. We can't always teach the same way, whether that be for a year or 20 years. Not only are we changing each and every day, but we are learning new practices and strategies. We're having different research, technology, and opportunities available. Besides that, our students are changing as well. The world that they will inhabit is different from the world that we had as children. So consider this in your teaching practice. We might have a great scope and sequence, or we might have our year-long curricula mapped out really well, but the river changes from day to day and from class to class. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you would be so kind as to subscribe and leave a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Share the podcast with others who would find it useful. And if you have something you want to share or want to be featured on the show, reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at Just Start Tech or reach me by email at ndgroat at cbc.org. Remember, learning never stops. It just starts.